The Protectors of the Wood episode series, episode number seven, A Visit from Chi-Chi. The following morning, Abby woke to the sound of voices, and one of them was Chi-Chi's. She bounded out of bed, threw on her clothes, and instantly felt a surge of energy. Wendy and Chi-Chi sat at the small table laid out for breakfast, with the mint and cocoa smell of breakfast mixture strong in the air. He rose and embraced her, his head barely rising high enough to kiss her on the cheek. She poured herself a cup of the dark brown liquid and pulled another chair up to the table. He wore his usual forest attire of green and brown clothes and old short leather boots. His eyes sparkled. I'm so impatient to talk to you. I'm sending out prayers that you'll have at least not terrible news. Chi-Chi and Wendy looked at each other and nodded ever so slightly. And Abby was reminded that they could communicate more with just a glance than she could ever understand. It was intimidating. They could have a whole private conversation while she was sitting there, oblivious. Seeing Wendy and Chi-Chi together was a rare experience for her. Wendy virtually never came to the garden center or Middletown over the last five or six years, and rarely before that. In fact, few people knew they were twins, or even brother and sister. It was obvious if you saw them together, both extremely short with large dark eyes, straight black hair a little gray, looking younger than their age, very active and alert, and missing nothing. Abby waited for them to fill her in on the news. She was on pins and needles. They glanced at each other again in silence. Chi-Chi seemed different than usual, avoiding his bows of formal politeness. Abby looked at them impatiently. Go ahead, my dear. Drink your tea. Cut a slice of bread. There's so much to say. We'll have to take it slow. We have all morning. Abby tried to contain her ravenous curiosity. She ate a few figs washed down with tea. But she was not hungry. You may be enjoying this, but I find it like torture. It's just that there's a lot to say, and there are complications. Please, don't hear one or two things and go running off. I just want you to show the patience to talk things over. Understand them correctly. Abby was thinking, I've never seen him quite like this. This might be the real Chi-Chi. I think I should stay calm. And then she said, I promise not to go running off. Wendy looked at her brother. You tell her. (laughs) Bishop Beckett has refused to certify the election. Chi-Chi smiled and rubbed his hands together with glee, looking more like the Chi-Chi she was used to. Abby's face lit up. Don't stop. I need to know everything. He says there's evidence of irregularities that will have to be evaluated. He's staying at the church for now. 
it may take him a few weeks to arrive at a decision. In the meantime, there will only be six trustees, so Tuck is safe for the moment. Irregularities? He's afraid of cheating! Mmm, it looks that way. The Middletown Standard has called for an investigation of the bishop, but that idea is unlikely to go anywhere. He is so calm and deliberate that most people trust him. Even I am aware of his good reputation, so the controversy has been put off for the time being. And Tuck is still in charge. No majority for the Morphe trustees. No selling of the churchyard to build an office tower. But then Abby frowned and looked off into space. But... But this postponement can't last forever, and no one knows how it will end. The outcome will hang over Tuck's head every day, every hour. I have spoken with Tuck. He's not in such bad shape as you would imagine. And you'll be surprised to learn that your mother has taken a part-time job as his secretary. He's so relieved to have time to get his situation in order that he's quite cheerful. And I'll tell you privately, Geraldine Bear is certain that the evidence of irregularities is real. The issue is not whether evidence exists or not, but how much there is. A lot? Just a little? Who knows? And what is the bishop to do, hmm? Call another election? Declare someone the winner? He has hard decisions to make. So, this will clearly take time. Chi-Chi smiled again, clearly enjoying his moment of pleasing Abby. But suddenly his expression changed. He looked Abby in the eye. And you should know this. Tuck was more worried about you than about himself. When I told him you are fine, he had to restrain his tears. You could say he is very relieved. Abby looked off into space, ashamed that the thought had never occurred to her. And your friends, the newspapers, the rumor mill, are so full of panic that you really should return with me and put this hysteria to rest. It's only been three weeks since you appeared on television after a violent confrontation, and now it's happening all over again. Cell phones have flooded our area, and your picture is spreading everywhere. This mystery intrigues people. Think about your friends, frantic to know your fate. Abby was torn between elation and guilt. She spoke to Chi-Chi. I had no idea. I'm, I'm not used to this. I don't use a cell phone. <laughs> For you, that's very wise. But think about other people. You hadn't seen the pictures circulating over the last two days. People are buying phones just to see them. Communication is so fast now, except, of course, out here in Hidden Valley. Everyone has seen you facing that outrageous mob inside the church, no less. And there are other photos taken outside in the storm. Here, have a look. Chi-Chi grabbed a newspaper from the side table and handed it to Abby. It was Tuesday's edition from Evansville. 
The picture of Abby standing at the half-open door of the church, with Milton Morphy pointing at her and yelling, had made the front page. Threatening faces in a large group were in the act of advancing toward her. A very sensitive camera had caught the whole scene. She glanced at the name of the photographer in fine print. Sule. Oh, no wonder. And there's a video of the action online from the Facebook page of Nico Flores. I know who Nico is, but who's this Sule? She has just one name. Like a soccer player? I guess so. Abby's mind was in a whirl. Her eyes scanned the rest of the paper. There was a photo on page three of her riding her bike out of the churchyard. She stared aghast at the implications. Her mood crashed instantly. Chi-Chi noticed. Yes. I was going to show you that one a little later. You'll have to be prepared to handle it. I mean, everyone is wondering what that thing is strapped to your back. And of course, we don't want to tell them. I've been debating a few ways to respond. Abby turned to Wendy, but could not get a word out. You know, this just might be... There just might be a good side to this photo. What? I'm trying to hide the map stick, but now it's plastered all over town. Not just towns, in big cities too. Where am I going to hide it? What am I going to say? She felt her heart rate jump, and fear coursed through her veins. You don't know what it's like to live in that churchyard. The stalkers watch me 24-7. They drive me crazy. Wendy gave Chi-Chi another look. He turned the page and pointed to three photos right next to each other above an article by Sarah Williams. The headline read, Churchyard in Middletown watched by unknown investigators. Hmm. I see. These photos might help us. Some reporters might find out who hired these stalkers and why. Morphe may have to hide them for a while. And I was thinking, having this mysterious object appearing in that photo may inspire people. It's out of the ordinary. It will create interest that can be good or bad, depending on how we handle it. And Chi-Chi and I may be able to help you with the problem of hiding it. And the same goes for the maps. Really? I think so. Chi-Chi has something to tell you. Just listen. Chi-Chi looked at Abby with that very serious expression that she wasn't used to. There is so much for us to talk over, but so little time. Here's the main thing for now. There are passageways from Hidden Valley under the Half Moon River. One of them runs under the abandoned house and then as far as the churchyard. 
It has a side tunnel that ends under my shed. And I promise to help you in any way I can, starting today. Abby felt like she was on a roller coaster, rising high and falling low, over and over. She felt ready to cheer and weep at the same moment. My father told me, I know there are tunnels under the Half Moon River, but I never thought of the churchyard or your shed. How can that be a secret? People will find them and discover so many things. This doesn't help me. It's another hazard, something to worry about, a way to make awful mistakes. You see what we live with. Your point applies to almost everything we do. But what is our alternative? You will find ways to use your father's maps. And Gigi will show you how this has been concealed. You need our help. I certainly do. But I'm overwhelmed right now. Let me take a walk and think a little. Hmm. Yes, yes. A good idea. I've been wondering how much you could absorb over such a wild week. But Abby, please remember, I feel sure that together we can overcome these problems. And we don't have to solve everything today. Feeling grateful, but still in doubt, she rose and headed for the door. Remember, all you need to do right now is to be as normal as possible. Abby turned on Wendy with a rush of frustration. That's the most ridiculous thing I've heard you say. Me? Normal? Sometimes I wish. It's still true. Abby was already outside. She stomped around the hill and down to the stream, hands in her pockets, hunched over, seeing nothing. She was furious and felt totally alone. Normal? Just what I can't be. I'm alone, a freak. How can I lead any sort of normal life? Even Jeremy won't kiss me. You're the leader, he says. That's more or less his excuse. But what about Phoebe? Actually, I'm kind of in love with Phoebe, too. She's exciting and would do anything for me. She proved it. With her own suffering. But Phoebe has Jeremy. And I'm jealous of both of them. There. It's out in the open. That's how I feel. How can I talk to either of them about how I really feel? She stared at the water, lulled by the sound of the stream and the chattering of the birds. The fact is, I could find a way, probably a good way, to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. George is crazy about me, and I like him too. Yes, I do. If I weren't in this strange position, I would check him out, play guitar with him, and one thing would lead to another. But he'll get together with Sarah now. And I'm a freak. No one does the things I do. No one has a life like mine. 
She watched the water bubble cheerfully over the stones, the sunlight glistening in the clear, transparent stream. Such a happy sight. But I'm not happy, and I'm not normal. So what does Wendy mean? What is she trying to tell me? Abby then recalled that in her recent vision, two things set her apart from others. Two things made her a magnet for that gathering of people. Thing one, she listened. Thing two, she carried the map stick. Hmm. Interesting. Let's follow this up. Why did I listen to people? Why did I have such attention for all those lost and suffering souls? Well, I felt kind of lost too. I had no idea what was going on, what I was doing there, and what I should be doing. I listened to them in order to learn and be able to... What? Uh, be able to find my way? Find out who I am? Find out what I'm supposed to be doing? I was lost. I just appeared in that vast field from the underground, like I was being born. Now it's obvious that the tree provided us all with a landmark, a guidepost. It gave us an idea of the shape of the world. And my group, my protectors, they loved me. And they found their purpose, their role in life too. They found meaning and were no longer lost. They were proud of themselves. They loved each other. Then why am I so lonely? Well, I'd like to love someone special, sleep with that someone, forget my pain in someone's love. But as Jeremy says, we can't pair off. As much as I don't want to admit it, he's probably right. Phoebe acts like she's not worried about it. But I think that she feels something else underneath. Now George, he would pair off with me. But it wouldn't work. His direction and mine are related. But we would both be torn from our true path by becoming a couple. And I still don't know why he was following me. I'm worried. I'm doubtful. I felt so stupid in front of Sarah. So ungrateful and cruel for doubting him. But I can't help it. So what does Wendy mean by normal? She must be referring to what my vision is telling me. My vision is saying, don't have answers or power. Just listen. Follow the way events are moving. At the beginning, I had no plan to lead people around the tree. That idea was just a response to circumstance. I didn't ask for the role of leader. It just began to happen on its own accord. I wasn't trying to do anything special. I just did what was needed. So, I should go back and do what's needed. And I want to. I want to very badly. And just look at the situation. Abby, you idiot. You're not a failure. The bishop seems to have a grip on this controversy. Chi-Chi will help me. 
It's almost too good to be true. What am I complaining about? Love may arrive too on the heels of all of this. Abby walked up and down the stream as her blood cooled and finally returned to Wendy and Chi-Chi. They were waiting expectantly for her. Abby told them, I'm ready to go. Thanks for listening. Episode number eight is coming soon. To hear the rest of the episodes, please go to our website at www.protectorsofthewood.com. Sometimes I'm walking on rainbows Sometimes I'm locked underground But if I hear you say it's all okay There's nothing compares with that sound I'm lost but now I'm shape that I'm in God help the shape that I'm in Just come back to me I'll be yours for free I'll do all the good I can do It's just that I need you I care about a lot of things I guess I try and I try just to do my best but if it's not right with you there's nothing I can do I'm lost before I begin God help the shame God help the shape that I'm in God help the shape that I'm in Just come back to me I'll be yours for free I'll do all the good I can do It's just that I need you Sometimes I'm stumbling through my day and there's no light upon the way there's nothing I can see it's dark as can be hold my hand and see me through I'm lost if I don't